that's how you know you got the best audience in the world. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro of the North Carolina. I'm Dan. Yeah, man. Uh, I got to meet one of our listeners in the real world. I saw that. Pictures. Yeah. So uh, one of our one of our listeners, Donnie, uh, Donnie Howard, who's uh, actually up in your neck of the woods, yes. uh, came, yes. came down this way yeah. for uh, for some bidness. We met up and uh, had uh, had a beer and uh, just talked about stuff, and it was fun. If you want to go for a, t- a host meetup, too, for Donnie, let me know. Yeah, it, it, it probably, I mean, it'd be way less driving on his end. Yeah. yeah, he's quite close to me. For sure. So, yeah, that was super fun. And, man, it, you know, no no gigs going on, but, like, some busyness. Um, I, I actually did, an, uh, I've done two interviews for two different podcasts over the past couple of weeks. Neat. Um one of them, uh, I think, will end up coming out on uh, our channel as either a bonus episode or maybe like as a buffer uh, while we have some logistical things going on uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then um, then some bonus content. Uh, our friend Ben, who was the front of house uh, guy for us for a number of years, uh, decided that Soundcheck 101 was good, but uh, he wanted to provide his own take on that. So he recorded uh, something that is going up on Patreon uh, this week cool. and will probably be dropped uh, for the rest of the group uh, next week. That's cool. So you know, that is, we called it Soundcheck 101, but we didn't really cover like how to soundcheck. Yeah. He's kind of covered it in a, in a more thorough That's manner. Great. That's great. Um, and it's, it's, it's very condensed. It's like, it's like 20 minutes, but like really, really good. So the patrons are going to get that uh, first and then the, uh, the rest of y'all will uh, hear it sometime uh, in the next week or so. Very good. And uh, I think that's all that we got. I do want to make some shout outs. We've got uh, we've got a lot to cover uh, this week, but I wanted to uh, mention Toby Harrison. Uh, thank you for emailing us. Uh, Gord is going to get his email answered uh, this week. And then, um, you know, after we did our episode about Soundcheck, uh, we got some responses back from that. Uh, Tim wrote us back and we're still uh, putting all of his uh, answers together for all that good stuff. So. I appreciate everybody reaching out. It uh, it's it's really awesome. And uh, man, I'm just feeling the love this week. Yeah, it's been very very cool. Yeah, yeah. How about you? Um, well, let's see. I, a quick story to tell. Um, um, met with my new bassist and drummer for the first time. Had a full band rehearsal for the first time on Monday night. It was great. Woo. It was really great. And I tried a new thing, which is that um, while I have this whole podcasting rig and video video doing setup here, I uh made a video where I played the tracks that I wanted to play over at the rehearsal. And I talked kind of through them and talked about how they, how they flow and where I want to make some adjustments to make them our way and how I want to line them up together and transition between them. And it was just kind of a whole new approach. I thought uh, uh, to, to communicating that in advance and having people be able to sort of be grounded in the work that we want to do in rehearsal. It was um uh, it's a good thing. Good thing. And then, yeah, you, you MD'd. I MD'd. I, I did. And I, I did it in, in advance rather than just on my feet in the room. So there you go. Very yeah, cool. It was very good. Um, and then on Wednesday, last night, I went to the uh, trivia show that I play in Lexington. It was about 40 minutes south of me. Um, well, not when I'm there. When I'm there, I'm zero minutes south of me because I'm right where I am. That's fair. That's going to be relevant in a second. I got out of my car to unload, and what do I not have but my bag of cables? Oopsie poopsie. Which must have gone into the the, the practice space. Ah, for and, the rehearsal. And not come back out. See, I've been traveling around with my whole rig in the back of my car, 
and not having to think. Mm-hmm. So I have That's no cables. I'm at the show. I got a PA. I got a guitar. I got mics. No cables at all. No way to yeah. No way to connect anything to them to yeah. each other. And I've got about forty five or fifty minutes until theoretically downbeat. Woo! And it's a forty minute drive home. Forty ish minute drive back to the place. So all I right, find so where the nearest do? guitar center is, hmm. which is twenty five minutes away. Okay, <laughs> I gallop, is... gallop there, buy cables, yeah. gallop back. I'm all set up now. Normally, I'd have been set up for forty five minutes or an hour. And people would have walked up and I would have talked to them about what we're doing. And people who came to do it would have seen where we were all set up and ready to go. And none of that was there. So I got there and yep. there was like nobody ready to do it with me. I presume a lot of people came and looked and left because there was mm-hmm. no setup happened as I would normally have done. So it was kind of a light attendance night. But um, but I got I got it done. I got my cables. I got back. I got, back, I got set up. I played the show. Yeah, it was quite a scramble. Well. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing like the feeling of showing up and realizing that, you know, the things that you yeah. absolutely can't do the show without are not there. Yeah. That you haven't had to apply any brain power to have with you at all. Like you hadn't. Yep. Yeah. All, all of those reflexes that I built over all those years of playing in the, in the, the before times are gone for me. And I have to now actually think when I load my car. Man. So, yeah, well, it's, it's tough. Yeah. We got it all worked out. Did you, uh, are you keeping the cables? Yeah, you can always have more cables. Yeah. There's no such thing as too many cables. Yeah. Agreed. So, um, because we have two particular things we want to get into, uh, I think we can just go ahead and like shift gears into like the good stuff. This is what all of the listeners wish we would do. (laughs) As opposed to just sitting here. Fast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Get into the, get into the useful parts. So, um, the, and and these two things are not necessarily related in any way, but I wanted to uh, to make sure that we got the book because one of them is very timely and one of them uh, is something that we said that we would do. So we need to go ahead and handle that. So uh, first things first, we are going to talk about uh, our buddy Gord Lane, who uh, has a group called Clubbing Fraggles. Is that what they're called? Really? I think that's what they're called. Okay. Yep. Clubbing Fraggles. Okay. Clubbingfraggles.com. All right. So uh, they are a, uh, a corporate group, and from the looks of it, they are a trio by, uh, by nature. It seems like all of their promo stuff is uh, the three of them. Uh, they've got a very kind of, they've got all kinds of stuff. Like their, 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 um, their repertoire goes, you know, back to like the 50s and 60s, and then all the way up to, you know, fairly recent stuff like Weezer and... Uh, BC boys and that kind of thing. So they're all over the place, but uh, look like a lot of fun. And uh, they had a question. uh, Gord specifically had a question. So uh, they, let's say they've been a listener for, uh, of the podcast for quite some time. It's always nice to hear your opinions on various music related topics and to hear other musicians who are into presenting a professional cover band, which is all of us. With that in mind, a bandmate and I were discussing gig add-ons or extra things a band can offer. For example, uh, we can add a horn section. Uh, a second PA for a wedding ceremony uh, or a dedicated DJ. Uh, there's also items such as early setup times and MC work that we have done, but have never charged extra for those services. So the questions for us are, what are some things, some additional services that a band can provide? Uh, should bands charge for an early setup, MC work, etc.? And how do you approach 
pricing discussions with clients surrounding these additional items. So you and I had an offline conversation about how, what we thought about all of those things. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily, we're not in exact agreements, but I think we both kind of come from it uh, or come at it, you know, from a, an honest deal. So uh, let's talk about the first one. What are some additional services that a band can provide? Like what are some, what are some tacky, tacky, tack on <laughs> options? Yeah. Uh. Uh, tipped your hand there. Um, yeah. The uh, I think that there are a few. So uh, you know, er, early setup or or, or um, uh, you know, if the if the if the band is going to be playing in the same space that the ceremony is in, that means you're going to have to get there before everybody and set up and sound check and then chill out for hours. So that's an upcharge potentially. Um, travel, you know, outside some outside some boundary is an up upchargeable event. Um, I've known of bands that do different tiers of, um, production, you know, lighting and whatnot. Um, and they, they sort of charge in a tiered fashion for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and of course you have to be ready to make the case that the add on is worth, you know, br brings the added value to your performance that, that, that then commands that extra price. Uh, yeah. but that's, you know, that's, that's part of your marketing message. Uh, so in members only's situation we have uh, a couple of things that we offer uh in conjunction to our show that aren't necessarily music related but uh add value to the experience of the event that you're doing uh the examples that we that we have is you know we have partnered with a, a certain set of vendors for these these additional things uh photo booths um we have uh, you know, some partners who do that kind of thing in event photography. So if you want somebody to take pictures of your show, we can, we can help you uh, provide that. Uh, we've done vintage uh, arcade cabinets. Mm. So if you're throwing like an eighties party and you want it to look legit, you can, you know, bring in Get a keyword in there for, you know, of these full size cabinets that, you know, have 500 games on them. And, you know, it looks super cool. Uh, we, we, the, the super high end one is the back to the future DeLorean. Right which uh, we have now two separate vendors who provide that. Um, and it's, it's not cheap. It's like, it, that's a $1,500 add-on mm. just to have the car show up to your, to your party. And do you so, get to um, sit in it or anything for $1,500? Is that? It, it, yeah, that depends on, you know, the vendor. It depends on the party, you know, that most of the time, no, it's mostly just, it's either behind, behind stanchions or if it's indoors, it might be kind of cordoned off and mm -hmm. they've got like the hoverboard and stuff in mm. it and that kind of thing. Cool. Um, otherwise it might just be out and shut like closed up and just chilling, which is also pretty cool. Yeah. But we've also, I mean, we've, we've partnered to get linens for tables and things and lighting for up lights for rooming. Like some of the stuff is, is music related. So like in their case, I think services that a band can provide would be additional, uh, personnel. So, a horn section is is definitely something that you can tack on. Uh, in our case, you know, our price, our tiers are um, based on the number of people on stage. And the only the only trick about that is that you need to make sure that the add-on isn't exponentially more. Because like a horn section could be two people, it could be five people. Mm -hmm. But like if adding on a horn section costs as much as you guys do, then that isn't necessarily a good selling point. because Otherwise, they you know it, it the value doesn't seem in line. Yeah, yeah. So you can justify it if it if it's kind of 
a incremental update or you know upgrade. Uh, otherwise, you might be pricing yourself out of these potential add-ons. Yeah, I will tell you. I you know in my day job, I'm a product manager, and um, pricing is a very arcane art. There, there. Um, my company actually has a department that is about consulting with other departments on pricing matters. And wow. um, in the conversations I've had with those folks, it's been like eye-opening. They've really helped point me at some some good ways to think it through. Um, but, you know, it all comes down to the messaging. It all comes down to the value. You know, if that five-piece horn section means that you can play, you know, a whole other category of music that is, you know, I don't know, relevant to the event or, I mean, th there are ways to couch that value that makes it worth the payday for those five extra, you yep. know, bodies on stage. Um, that's for sure. That is for sure. Listen, the other thing you can, you could upcharge, um, if you're doing like a wedding, probably you're going to take a few requests in advance, but you know, maybe, maybe it's a bigger list of requests in advance for, for an upcharge. I don't know. So this kind of comes into the second question, and and this is where I don't necessarily we don't completely line up. Uh, which is should you should bands charge for early setup, MC work, etc. Um, my thing about that is that when you are in the wedding business, those those particular things, whether you are emceeing an event, whether you are setting up early for the wedding, are part and parcel with those gigs, mm. and. In my case, and the way that we have always approached those specific topics, is that we are charging a level of money that those things are included with what you are paying for. Yeah. So, so the <laughs> the suggestion that is, if if somebody's not going to use you for that, like you're just not going to bring it up. You're going to charge them. That's yeah. that's sort of baked into the price anyway because it's just part of the deal. And yep. You know, if, if it happens that you can show up an hour and a half before downbeat and you're good, then fine. Yeah. I mean, typically though, regardless of whether it's, unless it's in a completely different like location, uh, you are setting up before the ceremony, Usually. like anybody loads in. It's just the, it's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a part of the gig. So, and then, and then what, what do we, what do we mean? X MC where, uh, I mean, Announcements on mic and being the life of the party and directing traffic to the events that take place in a wedding reception. For me, that's just part and parcel of it. It's just, yeah, what, you, you're the person with the mic, so you're doing that. I don't, right? I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine charging extra to perform that service. Yeah, and you know, it can, it, it gets a little tricky because you are also inevitably put in charge of, of like, you know, the first dance and like the, you know, the the integral parts of these receptions that are, you know, a big deal. Yeah, introducing the wedding party. Yep. That's a thing. And and it takes a little additional coordinating. But again, if you are charging the right amount of money, you know, it's just a part yeah. of, you know, what you have, what you've signed on to. I tend to agree with that. I think, um, I think there is a certain level of just what's expected from a wedding band mm -hmm. or a corporate band that you should just plan on doing and charge for. I think, I think I agree with that completely. And then, you know, the, there are other things that are, material enhancements to the performance of the night that are optional. Yeah. And and those probably are billable. Uh, I will say things that you can charge for are, are playing later playing extra. Uh -huh, sure. That is a thing that you can charge for. That is a thing that should be in your contract. Uh, if you want to know how that 
should be worded, uh, you can join the $5 tier of Patreon and download our contract and it's right in there. Uh, in our case, if you want us to play after the allotted time uh, that's stated in the contract, it is $150 per player, actually per team member per hour. Mm, good. So if you want us to play another hour and there's uh, five guys on stage and uh, a sound guy, then it's six times 150. Mm. And everybody gets to keep that extra. I love it. Because they're putting the work in. So yeah. 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 yeah that's great. But yeah, you know, the, the, the whole private party thing, you, you are already kind of in a certain tier that is rarefied air for most bands. And I think you, if you don't feel like what you are getting paid uh, is adequate for the additional work that you may have to do, then you may want to look at your pricing and see if what it would, what, how much would it cost for you to feel like it was worth doing those extra things? Yeah. Yeah, you, just, you really don't want to do be that. the cheapest wedding band in town. I mean, you'll work, but you, again, pricing is one of those things that I just, I refuse to compete on. Yeah. If somebody, if I, if somebody asks me how much I cost and I tell them how much I cost and they go, well, there's a band that'll do it for $700. I'll be like, cool. If that's what's important to you, you should go with them because I cannot, I, I will not beat them on price. Right. And if that's the most important thing to you, then you should go with them. And, you know, I hope that, I hope they're great. I hope your, your event goes yeah. amazing. Yeah. Have an awesome night. Yep. Cause I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so third one, how do you approach pricing discussions with clients surrounding these additional items? Now with, again, with private parties and with weddings, um, you could do a number of things Like we've talked about this, whether you put pricing online, could you provide a quote unquote menu of services that you provide. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be on your website, but maybe you have a PDF that's that has it all kind of built out and, you know, this costs this and this costs that and, you know, we have these production uh these production tiers and it's silver, gold, platinum, platinum plus diamond or whatever. Mm -hmm. And each one of those has additional things that you add you add or take away depending on on the price point. Yeah, we've talked before about about being transparent with pricing and actually just going and putting putting it on your website. You know, if yep. that if that uh, pre qualifies out some of those guys looking for a seven hundred dollar band, you know, that's great. Save you a phone call. Yep. Um, and if not, then you know that what it what it does do is it establishes expectations. It establishes a certain level of credibility. You know, um, a certain level of well, I'm going to get what I pay for. Um, so I'm not against that. I've never I've never done it, but I'm not against it. I have seen bands that, yeah. that have list out their pricing tiers and sort of what you get for them and the personnel that's going to show up and the level of production you're going to get. And and, uh, and it did seem very um, approachable as, as somebody who wanted to maybe buy that service. It seemed like I, I sort of liked the, the transparency of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the one thing, the one that I, that kind of, changed my mind about that is this emerald emerald empire band which is not really a band it is a company that just subs out yeah. musicians and their website they've literally got the price and they've got small events three to four piece band five piece band seven piece band uh i think all the way up to nine mm. nope 14 wow and you know now it doesn't give you the full pricing it just it's it's the jumping off point mm -hmm. So a three to four piece band is going to be $2,020, which is like all of theirs end in 20. Hmm. 
three to four pieces, 2020, five pieces, 3,020, seven pieces, 4,020. I don't know. Maybe they did some sort of market research and found that that something about that pricing sounds great <laughs> to, to people. So, so, you know, in those, in, in that world, it makes it super easy because you are, you're setting the expectation up front and you don't have to have the, you know, how much do you cost? It's like, well, what is your budget? Like those kinds of songs and dances that we do. Like I, yeah. I, I got three inquiries today uh, for stuff that's in December and then out to uh, out to next year. And that's, that's the conversation we have is, you know, they go, how much do you charge? Most of them don't ask what you charge. They want to ask if you're available. And then we start the co- the conversation by what is your budget? Because mm-hmm. that gives us the ability to kind of say, all right, well, if you've got this much, then we can offer yeah. this. Yeah. And I think it's it's cool to say like, listen, we can tailor the show to hit a lot of price points. Yeah. What do you, what, you know, what fits with what you're looking to do? Right. And then we had another guy that reached out and he was like, how much does it cost for you to play X amount of time? And I was like, our pricing based on our pricing is based on the number of people on stage. Our full lineup is three grand. Does that fit in your budget? Question mark. Yep. And then we just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. And if the answer is so, no, like, well, we can do the slim down version for a little less. Yeah. So I would say my suggestion would be if if those add-ons do have a hard price, put them on put them in something. Put them in a PDF. Um, make sure it looks nice and and just have that as a resource to give to potential clients once you've kind of agreed on the, uh, the date and, and the contracts are, you know, kind of going back and forth, that would be the best time to do that. So I would say, uh, if you are wanting to do these kind of a la carte services, uh, put them in a, put them in an easily digestible, uh, format for your potential customers. And then just kind of the balls in their court, they get to choose whether they do or they don't use them. Yep. And that's that. Perfect. Cool. See, we agreed more than not. Yeah, it was more. Yeah, it, it was the is this is this something you can charge for? I think in in most cases it's not. Yeah. So, well, Gord and uh, and the uh, the guys in clubbing Fraggle. I hope that uh, that was helpful. And if you have any other follow up questions, feel free to reach out directly. Uh, we would love to hear from all of y'all. All right, now let's get into the super timely thing. It's October seventh. Yeah, so those of you who can't see me in the in the live stream, I've got my, uh, I just got a, a new hat from Vans. It's a Friday the Thirteenth uh, flat bill Excellent. snapback. Excellent, uh, because it is spooky season, you guys. That's right. We're there. And if you are out and about and you've got gigs this month, then there are some songs you need to add to your repertoire. All right. So without further ado, here are the top ten Halloween songs that you should be adding to your set list this month. So uh, my first choice. And most of these choices, they're all going to be 80s. Uh, they're, they're all 80s. Come on. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Uh, my first my first pick is Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. How could you not do it? Yeah. Got to do it. It's, yeah. it's, 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 what, it, so uh, let's talk criteria real quick. The reason why we picked these, um, the, the, trust me, the list that I started with was much longer, but the, the, the qualifying requirements for the songs that we i inevitably picked uh were what songs do people want to hear at a halloween party that a band is playing at so there's a whole bunch of honorable mentions that we'll get to at the end and you will kind of once you kind of hear that you'll be like oh yeah that makes sense yeah so yeah ghostbusters uh is the first one uh and i think it's a complete no-brainer yes 
I think so too. Um, an equally no brainer. My first pick dead man's party. Oingo Boingo. See, that was my number one pick. Yeah. If the, if I was able to, and I was, and you just got, you got to it first. I beat you to it. Yeah. You got to do that one. You got to, it's, it's, it's a great song. It's got a very interesting arrangement. Oh, the and the, yeah. And is, I mean, the, the, the roadmap of it is all over the place. Like, yeah, the, there's nothing regular about the structure of it at all. So no, you've yeah, got to know that song. Real challenge. Out. It's a real challenge. Um, and we've talked, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about the karaoke version that just dropped. Uh, we're about to actually, I'm going to pull the trigger on that tonight. Uh, as soon as I get done here, Sweet. uh, but I did want to, uh, I did want to mention a, there's a, there was a, a compilation years and years ago called punk goes eighties. And there was a band called a thorn for every heart that did an arrangement of dead man's party with no horn section. It's huh. just guitars. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very true to the original. So if you are interested in that, we will provide a link to the YouTube, uh, of that, of that song. Uh, so you can use that as reference if you're not, you know, playing to tracks and playing to clicks and all that stuff. So a thorn for every heart doing dead man's party. Cool. Next one, I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow. Come on. I, yeah, because I do. And if you're playing that uh, at, a, at, a, at a Halloween party, you're going to, you're going to fill that, that dance floor up with, uh, with ladies who want to yell, I want candy. That's right. Would you throw But You may, you you may have to have a girl on stage to sing it. Would you toss I mean, candy in the audience? You'd have to, it feels like you'd have to clear that with, uh, in the contract. Clear yeah. that with the, uh, yeah, the facility. With the, venue. the facility probably doesn't want Snickers smashed under the dance floor for sure and we all know from like fall parades that you can't really like chuck like lollipops overhand yeah you'll end up like chucking people like you know cracking cracking yeah, skulls no, and that kind a, of thing it's a concussion hazard yeah so you want to throw those underhanded either way yeah so yeah. yeah i want candy bye bye wow yeah what you got my next one a time warp from rocky horror absolutely now, here's the thing about that rocky horror is not seasonal Right. So it's, sure. it's right. just kind of, it's timeless. Spooky. It's time. It's timeless. And in, you know, it's not specifically a Halloweeny thing, but it is a dress up thing and it's spooky and it's, um, you know, you pull out the time warp and it's, it's a good fit for Halloween. It's a good, it's a good time yeah. to do that one. That was the, like the performing arts nerd song at like every, every party. Sure. You'd get, you'd, you'd get that pulled out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody would suddenly claim a part from the show and, and people who actually knew the show would ha holler out the audience lines. And yeah. Yeah. We, it's, we, it's super nerdy, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. All right. My next pick is somebody's watching me by Rockwell featuring Michael Jackson. Yeah. Very much, you know, right down the middle, uh, eighties goodness. We, it, it's, it was probably one of the first kind of Halloween songs that we, we onboarded. And it's, it's just, it's a fun song to perform because the, the verses are kind of rap, rappy, mm -hmm. but not really. Yep. And he's got this weird affectation, the way that he, he, he kind of like delivers the words. And, uh, I just, that's one of those, like, where I just chew those verses real, real hard. <laughs> I'm just an average man with an average life. It's good. It's very, it's, yeah, it's that's, a lot. That's good. That's and then, good. you know, you, you have the, everybody knows the chorus. It's, you know, it's just one of those, it's, it's a, it's an anthem. Yeah. People love it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, along. listen, you just are not going to go wrong with werewolves of London. 
You just got to do Werewolves of London. As and long as people don't think you're doing uh, that Kid Rock song. Kid Rock tune. And that's all right. After a, a moment, they'll figure that out. The only challenge here is you got to have somebody who can do the ah, woo, and I can't do it in that register. I have to drop it, mm. um, which is not as good. But uh, but you yeah. could do it. Yeah, it's not really our uh, it's not really our scene. No, with that particular song. No, but I I do love I you know I saw Werewolf drinking a Mai Tai at Trader Vic's. That was perfect. Was perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's a great line. That's a fantastic. Be, that might song. be one of the greatest lines ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, the next one that I picked was, it was a bit of a toss up between this one and another one. And I will, uh, I'll go ahead and mention the other one because I feel like they kind of fill the same, the same gap in the, in the set, which is Running with the Devil by Van Halen. Mm. Uh, and I was going back and forth between that and The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Both kind of, well, I mean, they're both devil songs. Uh, you could also, I would, you know, honorable mention, Shout at the Devil. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're in a Motley crew. But now, I felt like. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I feel like. Well, first of all, for those of you who are listening to this in real time, uh, yesterday was marked. Uh, yesterday marked one year uh, uh, that we lost Eddie yep. Van Halen, so it was definitely top of mind. And uh, for those of you who are keeping up with that, uh, David Lee Roth has announced that the last five shows of the year are his last five shows ever. Hmm. Uh, he is going into retirement. Um, there's a bit of a hinting that there's some sort of health issue going on with him. So. Um, you know, he's, he's packing it up and it just felt like, uh, you know, I live my life like there's no tomorrow. So you can't go wrong. There you go. The thing about devil went down to Georgia, of course, is you need a fiddle player. Yep. Taylor and I have done it. Um, uh, we, we've, we've played around with it. We've never performed it. Um, cause we just never, because of me, she has it. She completely nails it. I I'm the problem uh, on that one. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta cover a lot of ground. You know, it's got that kind of like, it's got that like, kind of rock funk kind of groove there in the middle. And you got to be able to like, you got to be able to, you know, switch gears pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. In that song. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of chordal walking stuff. Dump, 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 dump. Like a lot of yep. so that sort of business that is not just a lot of movement, but some interesting timing. And yeah, yeah. I'd have it with a little more rehearsal. We just haven't committed to it, but yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to try that with like a, some other instrumentation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So for the sake of, you know, my band, we went with Van Halen. There you go. Less, less personnel. Yeah. And way more ad-libbing. Totally. Lots and lots of ad-libbing. All right. What's, what you got next? I put a spell on you. Which one? Well, yeah. Most people know the Credence one. I do the Screaming Jay Hawkins one. Well, but I would also throw out if you wanted something that had a bit more, uh, oomph and you had the uh you had the personnel to pull it off you could do the bet midler version that they did in hocus pocus yeah which was more of a more of a vegasy kind of uh approach yeah i like the rawness of the screaming jay version i like oh absolutely you know, there's just there's just nothing that quite captures the the uh you know he was blind blind drunk performing that in the studio absolutely yeah um it was not going to be that style at all and then he came into the studio roaring drunk and they did like one take and had that and he passed out and woke up in the morning and heard it and didn't remember having recorded it and was like yeah that's what we're releasing that one right there and i mean yeah it's the the performance is so unhinged yeah, and bonkers. if you you and you sh if you don't if you've never seen him do it live you absolutely should look that up yeah. i feel like for uh for a period of years 
he was doing it on Arsenio, I think maybe every Halloween. Mm. I know that there's multiple instances of him doing it. And he, you know, he's he's got the uh he's got the coffin on the stage with yeah. a mirror in it. And he yeah. does the first verse from inside the coffin, and then he gets out of the coffin, and there's, you know, flash bangs and he's doing like fire and voodoo stuff. It's Massive. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So the bar is set pretty high to do that one, but uh but still you should. Absolutely. So uh my last one uh of the of the top five uh in the ending of our top ten list is Weird Science by Oingo Oingo Boingo. Also good. Uh you know it's it's if well I mean it, if you're listening to it the the samples that are in it are from Frankenstein. So it's got it's got the monster tie in in you know the movie again uh kind of similar ideas and it's got trolls it's got you know mad max biker gangs and all the other things that that movie has yeah. so weird science again another super weird song uh structure wise there there isn't really a verse part there really isn't a chorus right. part right like I, I we tried to do it one year and I you know we have the cues in in the clicks and I'm like what what is this part <laughs> is this the turnaround is this yeah. the verse yeah stuff yeah. Re- stuff repeats there's refrains but like they they don't follow any sort of like linear pattern that I was able to uh, discern you know I um for the for the Disney trivia one of the tunes that I onboarded was um this is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Nightmare, Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. I almost said Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, uh, it's a similar Elfman-y goofiness. Like the, the the chords are non-diatonic in ways that are spooky. And it also doesn't follow any reg- regular A-B-A-B pattern. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's, he's well, challenging. And it's got like, it's, that's his thing. It's got weird measures where there's like, there might be a measure of three and then yeah. a measure of seven. Like yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it doesn't really follow any sort of uh, standard structure yep. or anything like that. Yep. It's funny you mentioned um, Nightmare on Elm Street because I would say as much fun as those movies are, the soundtracks are very of their time and they didn't, like they don't really like, they don't really, uh, they don't really uh, stand the test of time as it were. It was. Uh, I it, definitely had multiple... Friday the th- I'm sorry, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street soundtracks. I know I had the one uh, with uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince doing <laughs> Nightmare on My Street. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was also a fat. Uh, there was a Fat Boys uh, tune from oh. one of them as well. Wow. Now, of course, in for me, the most iconic is Dream Warriors by Dokken. If you've never seen the video for Dream Warriors, it's incredible. <laughs> it's no, it, r- dude. They I, got. I they got. Like they the the cast of the movies in it, so it's uh I think Patricia Arquette is in the in the music video, and like they're chasing like Freddie's there, but like the band is also there, and it's not quite sh- like it's it's so weird. But you should definitely look it up. Yeah, see the show notes for that one. I'll make sure to put that in. So yeah, let's uh, let's go through our, our honorable well, I mentions. More. I got one more. Oh wait, oh go go go. Yeah yeah, and and it is the one that you um, you know maybe it's the Mustang Sally of Halloween songs. Uh oh, and that is Monster Mash. Yes, got to do it. Boris Pickett, the Crypt Keepers. That's right, you got to do it. You got to do it, um, and it's fun. And the girls will dance to it. It it's um, you don't do it any other time than Halloween, thank God. But do it at Halloween. I definitely saw a version of the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. covering the yeah. Monster Mash. Yeah. So it, you know if it's if 
Billy Corgan is isn't too cool to play Monster Mash than either of you. For sure. I think that's what we've all learned. For sure. And you gotta ham up the the voice. I was yes. working in the lab late one night. I heard there was a there's a documentary about that song because one of the things that like he was very uh Bob I think it's Bob Pickett, uh was very like adamant about was that it was accessible and easy to license and that's why you hear it all the time is because he made it really affordable to put it into tvs and movies and things like that and it so he by making kind of a semi-shrewd business uh decision about making it easy to get it it actually made it iconic in a way that like it probably wouldn't be otherwise that's amazing so yeah it's just an just an interesting tidbit but that's why you hear it all the time is because it's it's cheap cheap it's cheap to license and then iconic once it's iconic yep. it doesn't matter how cheap it is the, you know yep. it's a halloween staple you have to do it absolutely all right we had some honorable mentions yes so did you have any on on your list that we didn't talk about uh one and it's and it's because it is a deep cut that i love and um is halloweeny in a in a subtle way um yep. song's called after dark by tito and tarantula and it is the song that Salma Hayek danced with a snake to in the in in um, from Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn. Um, so it's like slinky and sexy and spooky and um, um, kind of Latin sounding and uh, yeah, it's a great tune. It's a great tune. But it ma- mostly it makes you think of Salma Hayek. Mostly it makes you think of Salma Hayek in a bikini, which okay. is well, there's nothing wrong with that. Fair enough. All right, um, this one is going to be. A, this is a hot take, and I know that people might be screaming at me for not putting it in the top five that i chose but uh i've got i've got reasons so um that one that's thriller by michael jackson yeah um we've done it before and it normally did fairly well uh as a performer i don't like singing it because it's real hard to sing yeah uh and then also uh we've had some weirdness with uh being an 80s band and people specifically requesting we not play michael jackson based on you know I feel like there's been some back and forth in yeah. regards to that documentary that um, yeah. Wade Robson did. Yeah. And so um, that was something that we we have had specific requests like he, yeah, off, off, the, off the table. So huh. um, we have pulled it from uh, sets unless it is specifically requested. Um, I, but the, yeah, the, we've the got it. The problem with playing Thriller, I mean, you know, it's almost a line dance, right? The, the the dance from the video is so iconic. Like you're going to get people doing the, the thriller dance and, and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's okay. But it's, it's, it's not just a dance. You got to be aware. It's not just a song that makes them dance. It's a song that makes them dance in a particular way. And that may right. or may not be conducive. Yeah. I mean, maybe it happens like it happens in 13 going on 30 where everybody is a professional dancer in the crowd and they all know it and they get together and it happens. Um, or it may be that, uh, people are too drunk and they're like, I don't know. I don't know this routine. And then they go and sit down. Right. So you have to be prepared for either one of those things to, uh, to break out. Yep. And then also as a, like I said, it's, it's real. It's, it's a wild song to sing. It's very, very difficult. So, uh, it is not on the list. Uh, it becomes an honorable mention. Uh, next honorable mention superstition, Stevie wonder. Not really Halloweeny, not really spooky, but kind of has, uh, you know, kind of it's it's a little well, it's witchy and you know su- supernaturally. So I think that's that I I would say that it, it tracks there. I guess I play that when you're around. So 
It yeah. Doesn't, doesn't feel like Halloween to me. I, it's part of my normal set. Yeah. It's, it's just the, you know, devil's on his way. Yeah. No, I get it. I just, I just, yeah. it just, I, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't ring like Halloween to me because I, it's not seasonal in my brain. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Bad Moon Rising, Credence. I like the song. Again, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't holler Halloween at me. There, uh, there's there's a uh, there's a punk version of it where like the don't go around tonight is like real like real thrashy <laughs> and that but um normally i think it's i think it's just the the there's an implication that it's somehow uh like werewolfy because it's a bad moon rising yeah uh this like i saw i saw uh, like hungry like the wolf on a couple of lists and i was like that's one of those that just didn't qualify for me either because right, right. it's like we do it all the time. Right. Uh, Pet Cemetery by Ramones. By oh, Ramones. all right. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be buried in the Pet Cemetery. But again, not a song that you can really dance to. Right. But a good one. It's definitely going on. Like this. Here's the thing: these songs are going on like my Halloween party playlist. Like when we have people over, but we're just not going to play them. Right. You know, this month. Right. Uh, people are strange by the Doors. Again, not really one that people can dance to. No. And we we had a fun conversation about our thoughts around uh, Jim Morrison in general, and we'll just leave those uh, unsaid. <laughs> Between us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, similar uh, idea, Witchy Woman by the Eagles. I see that one. As, that could be a Halloween tune, um, but it's, yeah, it's not a dancer. Yeah. Uh, I would also put Spooky by Atlanta Rhythm Section. That would be in that kind of same okay. same vein. Yeah. Uh, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Again, not much of a dancer. What do you, you have any thoughts about that? You, you well, I like that song a lot, um, but it's not a dancer. It's a it's a sort of a mid set thinker. Um, I think it's a good. I think it's. I think that song turns into a sing along a lot or a scream along a lot. Um, so there's value there, but I, I yeah, I wouldn't put it in the top ten. I think you lose people once it kind of goes into that little like bridge part, the where the where like the the whole basically the whole oh, yeah, no, you can't play the song the changes. You gotta do something else there. You gotta yeah. you gotta transition to something else. You can't don't do that guitar. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. it doesn't make sense. Do um and I, I could say you could probably pull that off as like a as like a first set opener yeah. that goes into something else. Yeah. You, could, you might be able to pull that off. And then the last one is just because I don't think uh Many people who listen to this podcast would want to pull it out, uh, but I think it would be incredible if somebody did. And that's Monster, which is the uh, the Kanye West song with Jay Z, Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj on it. Yeah, because I did. I mean, I want to see you, someone cover that. Yeah, if you if your band could could do that that one, it would absolutely slay. Yeah, it would like completely crush. If you could find somebody who could pull off that uh, that Nicki Minaj verse, you know you got something special for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, that would, that would be uh that would be an amazing pick. Uh, but none of my bands, uh, have the ability to, yeah, do we're so. not, we're not prepared for that. So folks, there you have it. The top 10 Halloween songs, uh, that should be added to your, to your song list this year. Uh, go and learn them. And, uh, we'll, we'll provide links to, uh, to some of them if they're, if they've got unique arrangements or anything like that, but you should definitely go check these out. Yep. Uh, and, Add them to your thing because your your audience will love you for it. And that's it. They have it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. 
I'm on my way to, I'll be going to Boston tomorrow and uh, very looking forward to doing uh, nothing. Nice. Um, and just getting some family time after uh, a very hectic couple of weeks. But be on the lookout for uh, some fun bonus content that is coming out over the next few days. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. You got any parting words? Uh, no. Cool. Well, I'll go ahead and call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of October 8th, 2021. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes, goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Mm.